Thanks for tuning in to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode 42, what to do when a client cancels their wedding. We figured this would be a great Valentine's Day or anti-Valentine's Day topic to discuss this week. We'll also touch a little bit on how to handle it when a client gets divorced. So thanks for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day and on with the show. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here as always with Renee Dallow. Hi, Renee. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. Happy Valentine's Day. This episode is coming out the day before Valentine's Day, so we are feeling the love in the air. Yes. (laughs) Are we, though? Because our topic is sort of anti-Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) We thought it would be fun. We were like, what can we do for Valentine's Day? And I was like, maybe let's do something anti-Valentine's Day. That's the worst thing we can think of. (laughs) (laughs) So for this episode, we're actually going to talk about kind of an awkward topic that no one really wants to talk about, which is why it makes a good podcast episode topic, right? Sure. So we're going to talk about what to do when a wedding client postpones, needs to postpone or cancel their wedding, which is kind of sad. Oh, it's always sad. It's always sad, no matter what the reason. It's always, yeah, I mean, it's emotional. I know we say business is business, but in this case, or in these cases, it can be very emotional. I've had a few clients postpone and or cancel or or both postpone and then cancel. So yeah, I feel like it's part of the job. But I also feel like wedding pros don't want to talk about it because they don't want to admit that their client wasn't perfect or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's also, yes. And then also, I always want to respect my client's privacy and respect that like, oftentimes, I just don't know what happened. You know, like I had a client um, cancel their wedding and and we didn't have that many vendors booked, but I had to have conversations with different vendors and they kept saying, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. None of my business what happened. Um, and so that's always a weird thing. It's like, I almost wish I had had a concrete reason so that the conversation could have stopped or like speculation could have stopped, right? Because like right. your mind goes wild at things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's never easy, but there are different ways to uh, go about it, I guess. There's different different ways to deal with it, I guess, is is the good, best way to say it. Yeah. And before we go any further, I just want to uh, clarify that we are not talking about when you have to fire a client or if a client fires you. Yeah, we already that's covered- different. <laughs> yeah, we covered that in episode 27, What to Do with Scary Clients. Which hilariously was a Halloween episode. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently we're taking the holidays to tackle some tricky subjects here. Um, (laughs) But this is, yeah, this is specifically like if a a couple breaks up or if something, you know, usually someone doesn't cancel a wedding unless something bad happens. Yeah, I've had, in my experiences with it, I have had some couples cancel their wedding because they broke up. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did have one cancel due to infidelity, 
which was a very difficult situation. Yes. I actually had a client postpone their wedding because of illness as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, and that, that wedding still might happen. We're sort of on a, in a holding pattern waiting for, right. um, she, uh, this, unfortunately, one of the brides, uh, was diagnosed with cancer and she's, you know, she's in treatment and she's doing very well, but we just don't know what's going to happen. Sure. So we're just sort of in a pause situation, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's always super tricky and there's no other way to say it. I, I wish I could say like, oh, here's how you deal with it. Three easy steps, but it's just <laughs> not, it's just not the case. Yeah. Like when you have gotten those emails, like when they pop in your email or you get that phone call, like what's your initial reaction towards it? Do you feel upset? Do you feel angry? Because they, I mean, in a sense, looking back on it, they wasted your time. Yeah. I guess my first reaction is always just compassion. I mean, just because I always would think, I always think like, oh, I can't imagine having to make that phone call. And to be fair, they've all been phone calls. Anytime anyone has had to cancel or postpone, they call me or they email me saying, can I call you? And then I'm like, oh, what's happening? Right. In the case of the illness, um, that was actually a very early morning phone call where I was like, my phone rang at like 8 a.m. with this client. And I was like, this is unusual. Like, what's up? And so I answered, yeah, something is wrong. Like you get that sense. Yeah. And she was very frank with me and and we cried a little bit because I was very, I loved, you know, I still love her very much. And uh, I was very, you know, in, loved them as a couple. And I was just like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Like mm-hmm. whatever has to happen here. And at that point, you know, at that point we had had almost all the vendors booked. Now, to be fair, I did not call every vendor. I did, I did put it in an email because I wanted to be very clear with like, this is how we're moving on look at your contract, figure out if they owe you any money. And if so, how would you like them to pay? Like I I had to deal with the nuts and bolts because I just didn't want them to, you know, having just been diagnosed with cancer. Like I was like, let me take that off your plate. Right. Right. In the case of the client who experienced infidelity, that was a little, you know, obviously a different energy. Yes. Uh, Going into things uh, that was a little trickier. Uh, That was a client uh, for me, on, you know, on my side, I was not their full service planner. I was just offering them wedding management. So I didn't have a lot of contact with their vendors. And actually, I didn't know a lot of their vendors. They weren't people that I had worked with before. So when the bride reached out to me, uh, and she was very upset, but in a completely different way, as you can imagine, than the uh, the bride who was diagnosed with cancer. She said, like, what do I do? And I said, well, you, you have to just, you have to talk to each individual vendor mm-hmm. because some people will have compassion and might waive a fee and some people will stick to their contracts, you know? Yeah, it's a tough call. I, as a wedding blogger, I run wedding groups with brides and grooms in them. And so I'll hear and every now and then uh, something will happen. A wedding will need to be canceled. I remember there was uh, unfortunately one uh, bride in our group whose husband was in a fatal accident and oh she needed some advice on how to go about talking to her her vendors. That's rough. It's very rough. And so I feel like there's definitely it's definitely a gut feeling with the vendor how you want to handle it. Do you want to waive any fees? Do you want to refund any fees? Do you want to you know go ahead and still collect whatever payment that person owes you if you know they're going through a rough time or if it's just a matter of they're breaking up and they called off the wedding. Um, I feel like probably vendors are more prone to stick with their contract in that situation. What do you think? I always like to explain it to my clients like this. Because wedding services are, 
you know, unique to the couple. And we only have 52 Saturdays in a year. And then once you subtract holidays and time off for personal, you know, stuff, most of us can only really handle, you know, maybe half that, maybe 25 viable working days a year. Mm -hmm. So if you're my client and you've booked me for one of my 25 working days, uh, I've promised you that time. And in res in exchange, you've promised me a certain amount of money. If you call off your wedding, especially if it's close to the wedding date, mm -hmm. that's a piece of inventory that's been taken off the shelf and basically thrown in the garbage because I can't do anything with it now. Exactly. So in that case, if it's close to the wedding day, you know, in my contract, it actually says if 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 anything happens and we you know, if the wedding is canceled within 90 days of the wedding day, you owe me the full amount of my contract because I can't rebook. Very rare that that would happen, that that would rebook. Right. And I think once you explain it to your couple in that way, and I actually tell them that, you know, during the booking process, like if we talk about like fees and when they're due, I always say like, look, once you've booked me for a date, that date belongs to you and no one else. So that's why I charge what I charge. That's why, you know, that's why my, my team works the way we do. It's very rare. It is very unusual that someone would refund money in a, for a cancellation because we've already put in that work. Right. We've already taken that date off the shelf, so to speak. Um, I will tell you that in, you know, in relationship to the, my bride who had cancer, I did not take the rest of that contract. I just said, listen, we don't know what the future holds. They still want to have a wedding one day. I said, let's just put it on pause I will contact the vendors. I will figure out what everyone needs from that from you. And then we will just put this on hold. And that's what we've done. And that's we're still in a hold, a holding pattern, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about if if a couple wants doesn't want to cancel but needs to postpone for whatever reason. I know I've seen mm -hmm. that in my groups as well. People who have postponed because uh we mentioned earlier about maybe like a family, a family member passing away mm -hmm. or getting sick, so they put their wedding on hold for that. Or yeah. maybe they uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they realize they need to save more money to have the type of party they want, so they want to postpone. Yeah. What are your rules for postponing? Well, so according to my contract, if one of my clients would like to postpone, they can only do so within a, a, in like a year's calendar, right? So they don't have an okay. unlimited amount of time. And then, you know, they are subject to my available dates. So I always say, look, if you're going to postpone, that's, I mean, it's, it is what it is, but you also have to know that I might not be available for your next date. And then we're not, I, you know, we'll cancel the contract, but you're not getting any of the money back because I have to then do all the work of canceling. It's basically a cancellation. Right. If they're postponing and say their venue isn't available anymore, then we're starting over. So I actually do have a provision in my contract that does account for if we have to change any of the vendors or any of the venues, whether that's for postponement or changing of their minds, then there is a fee attached to that because I'm doing double the work. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Postponements are a lot of work. Um, I actually had a postponement last year that ended up being a cancellation. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time they said all they had booked was the venue and we were starting to get into it with other vendors. And there was, I was sensing a lot of hesitation on both of their parts. You know, I would pitch them vendors and I would hear nothing. And I would say, Hey, which of these caterers do you want to meet with? And they, they'd write back a tiny, like a little response, like, Oh, we're thinking about it. And I felt like I was pushing them you know? Right. And sure enough, they came back and they said, look, we think we got into this too soon. We want to postpone. Do you think the venue will give us a new date? And it's a very popular venue. I spoke to the venue on their behalf. The venue said we have one date available in 2019. Yeah. 
And I said, okay, well, maybe we should take it. And I, I wrote to them and I said, hey, I don't, I know this might not be what you want to do, but do you want to just pencil in this new date just so that we'll have something? And they said, sure. And I gave them some time. Like I put my foot off, took my foot off the gas with them. And then a few months later, I kind of knocked on that door again and said, hey, can we, how about we get started again? And uh, again, I was, you know, sensing a lot of hesitation, uh, even just booking like a hotel room block. They were not interested. And then the bride emailed me one day and said, can I, can we get on the phone? Mm. I said, sure. And she's like, I know we said we're going to postpone, but we're still not ready. We have to cancel. And I said, fine. You know, it's such a gentle, you have to treat it so gently, right? Because you, we have no idea what's happening behind our clients' closed doors. Right. And I feel like it's my job to be of service to them, to assist them, to help them, to talk them through these, not necessarily, you know, I'm not a therapist, but just to say like, I'm here for you and whatever you need, what do you need? I'm an action oriented person, right? So I'm not going to deal with the emotions of it, but if you need to cancel, I will help you cancel it. And that's my feeling. I know there are some other wedding planners who are like, that's not my job. I'm not getting involved in that. It just depends on the relationship with the client. Yeah, I was going to say it almost sounds like you have to be a bit of a therapist or a counselor in some situations because people obviously have never gone through this before. They don't know yeah. what to do if they have to cancel or postpone and and just like how they don't know what to do to plan the wedding in the first place. So yeah. um, the wedding planner specifically probably has to act a little bit like a counselor to be like, all right, sweetie, here's what you need to do if you're in a yeah. bad spot. Yeah. And honestly, and what I said to this client and, and I would say to any client is, look, you'd rather cancel the wedding than get a divorce. Right. So, right. Yes, this is hard and it sucks, but let's go through a little bit of pain now to save you a lot of pain 20 years from now or 10 years or five years or one year. Yeah. It'll be cheaper in the long run to cancel than to get a divorce. <laughs> I mean, I know that's very harsh, but it's like, it's true. In this particular case, she was so like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, hun, don't be sorry to me. Like it was still long, you know, far enough in advance that I could rebook that date. P.S. Side note, I just rebooked that date last week. So everyone's good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, things happen. And listen, I did as much work as I was paid for with them. They wouldn't let me do any more work. They weren't they weren't able to move forward, you know? Yeah. So I feel like the tricky part is, and again, I, we touched on this before, but the tricky part is deciding what you're going to do about the money that is either owed to you or um, yeah. potentially owed to you. And you kind of almost have to have like a gut check or a morality check or an ethics check to be like, depending on the situation, do I refund them their money? Do I Do I just take the deposit and cancel it? Or do I go ahead and collect the entire fee? per the contract. So, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's going to have to be a case by case situation. And I feel like, you know, again, from the other side of it, as since I'm not a wedding pro, I do feel bad for these brides who have some kind of tragedy in their life. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's, it's not their fault. They need to cancel the wedding, but they do. And so I feel if that's the type of case, would you be willing to refund your initial payment? I mean, I guess you don't have to say, and like, you know, put it on in stone here, but like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? So I have two schools of thought on this. So, um, I mean, obviously I'm a human being with feelings and empathy for people for sure. Um, mm -hmm. my initial gut reaction to what you said was, well, it would depend on how much work I've done. Yes. Right. Cause if we're like well into the process and I'm fully planning this wedding and we have everything booked and, and we're just like 
you know, doing the final things and then they cancel it. Like I, I need to have been paid for that year of work. Um, sure. If it's like, like the client I described, we're just at the beginning, we've only booked a venue, you know, what can you do? But I will say as a purely practical sense of business, whatever it says in your contract is what you should actually do because once you void your contract by going against what's in it, the whole thing could could be like voided in court because the client can yeah. say, oh, well, she said she was going to collect that payment, but she didn't. So she voided her own contract. Now, granted, in these situations, it probably would not come to that. But I have heard horror stories of, you know, my fellow wedding planners across the nation and these Facebook groups saying like, oh, well, they had to postpone and I let them slide on a payment. Now she thinks I don't owe her anything because I voided my own contract. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, what a headache. What a headache. That's a good point. When we write these contracts, we don't think about these emotional situations. We, we're thinking cut and dry business. I did work. I get paid for it. Right. So my initial reaction to your question is I did work and I should be paid for it. Right. And it sounds like the verbiage in the contract is just going to be extremely important in when these situations yeah. come up. Yeah. And like in the case of my my lovely bride who uh, was diagnosed with cancer, you know, I didn't charge them their final payment, but I also didn't give them back any of the money. Right. Okay. That's that seems fair. If we do eventually have a wedding for them, which might happen this year, I hope, you know, they will we've agreed that they will owe me that final payment. Right. For work that has been finished. Right. So it's not I mean, and it's not always, you know, I will tell you in that same wedding. Uh, the caterer who did nothing, didn't cook a damn thing for them, didn't even do a tasting for them, charged them Oh, because she had she had given them that date. She didn't yeah. charge them the full amount, but she didn't. She was like, well, they I'm, uh, you know, they still owe me money. And I was like, OK. And there was a small part of me that was like, good for you, business owner. But yeah. then the other part of me was like, hello, we're talking about cancer. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I was trying to get at is just like there's this you know, conflict between what legally it says on your contract and what you want to do out of kindness for a human being As a human, who's going yeah. through a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to think like, if I were in that situation, what would be the difference? Like, what's the splitting or what's the split between my humanity and my business sense? And to be fair, the brides it, with uh, in, in question with the, the wedding that was because of illness, they didn't they didn't think they were going to get anything back. They assumed that everyone was going to charge them the full amount. And so they were very, very, very touched when the makeup artist said, you know what, don't worry about it. And the DJ said, guys, don't worry about it. We're good. That's you know, good. call me if, call me if it reschedules. They were very touched that I was like, no, you don't owe me your final payment. That's insane. You know, so not everybody, everyone treated it differently, but they did not expect, you know, they didn't expect a, re a refund or anything. And again, like these horror stories that you hear about, well, they canceled and now they want all their money back. I think you have to understand too that the person on the other side of that, the person canceling, no matter what the circumstance, is going through an emotional time. So if they're lashing out at the vendor saying, you owe me $4,000 back, it's like, everyone take a deep breath, mm -hmm. go back to the contract. That's why we have them. Mm -hmm. And do something that even if it isn't the letter of the contract feels good for both parties. Yeah. I will say the, the couple that I had that canceled because of infidelity, that was an entirely different situation that was fraught with so much drama. Mm -hmm. When in that case, it was very, it was very difficult. It was very difficult. The cancellation of everything was difficult. Um, there was a lot of expectations on both sides of everyone wanting what they wanted. And that was early in my career too. So I was very much like, oh, I don't know what, this is beyond my depth. Um, <laughs> but you know, those, yeah, but th things happen and you live through it and you go, okay, so next time 
I'm going to handle it this way or. Yeah. And I'm adding this paragraph to my contract. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you um, another tough question. Let's say that you feel there's a situation where you or another vendor is actually owed money after the cancellation or after the postponement, but the client is resisting. How can you try to get that money that's due to you? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, that's why small claims court was invented, I suppose. But you have to weigh the you have to just weigh the op, the the pro versus con there, right? So, sure. I mean, small claims court has a minimum, so you have to say like, is it worth is it worth for me to spend X amount of dollars to go after X amount of dollars, right? Right. right. Or is it just a wash? Like, I had a client in a different endeavor that I did many years ago, where I actually said to someone, "It's actually worth the five hundred dollars for them never to contact me again." This is this was not a bride situation. This was not a yeah. wedding client. And I just thought like that's a loss. Like sometimes it's just easier to chalk it up to a loss right. if you can. Right. So they they owed you the this particular client owed you $500 and you decided that the effort was not worth it. You just Correct. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought there's no amount of money that can get me to want to call this woman again. We can be done. Okay. Uh, that was an extreme situation. Now, I will say uh, just for every all the wedding pros listening, um Although as a wedding planner in every case, except for the infidelity case, I did assist in canceling or or at least or at least communicating to the vendor team. Uh, once that has been communicated, it is up to the individual vendor to handle how they're going to bill or not bill, recover the payment or not with the client. Mm. I think that's a gray area because especially if it's a full planning client where I've been the liaison. Yes. Once the wedding's canceled, I'm no longer a liaison because I'm no longer being paid. I was just going to say that. Why would the vendor expect you to handle anything because they know you're not getting paid at that point? <laughs> that has been in the past something that has come up. And uh, I'm putting it on the record here. Once I'm not being paid, I, no offense, photographers, videographers, makeup artists, you're on your own to get your payment. Like, yeah. It's just, we're, we've all been fired. <laughs> Yeah. To me, that's just common sense. But I guess it's just natural if you're used to dealing with one person, then you would yeah. probably think that you would continue that. But yeah, of course, it makes so much sense that you are not doing any additional work for that event. Right. I mean, listen, I understand that it's fully awkward to to actually go after money from someone that maybe you haven't spoke to more than once. And in most relationships I have, or in most uh, weddings, I'm the one with the relationship to the client. Right. More than the individual vendors. So I get it. But like you said, on a common sense level, <laughs> I'm no longer being paid. Yeah. So, so stop emailing you. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes uh, there, a letter from a lawyer does the trick more than anything else. And again, like sometimes you just have to go, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get this $200? This sm If it's a, a vaguely small amount of money, is it worth it? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad you don't have to deal with this as a blogger? A little bit. I mean, I deal with other things, but oh yeah, nothing as dramatic as this, I don't think. I mean, I, as a blogger, I get like I just had to. I was I was all signed up to do a big campaign, a blog post, a Instagram stories with a with a major brand, and the, the back and forth through email with the contact was just insane, and it got to the point where like you mentioned earlier, is the amount of money I am getting paid for this worth all of this drama that is suddenly showing up <laughs> in my inbox? And I eventually right. said, no, it's not. Because the other thing about that is if 
there's trouble before the campaign even starts. How is it going to be during and after? Like, are they going to get my article and hate it and make me rewrite it? So, you know, it's the same principles, like talking about like vetting clients before you hire them. Like, is this client going to be a pain in my rear once they're actually on board? Like I do that with brands too. So you know, oh, yeah. there's drama in the blogging industry, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely, this is a tricky topic. And I'm, I'm glad that we talked about it because again, I don't feel like anyone wants to admit that they have a client who had to cancel or that broke up or something happened, you know? So I just feel like yeah. it's almost uh, wedding pros almost feel embarrassed by it. Like for, somehow it's their fault that they ended up with a client that didn't actually go through with their wedding. I don't think that's, it, it at all. I just think that circumstances change for some people and you have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I guarantee them that I will help their wedding day run smoothly. I say nothing about their marriage. <laughs> yeah. That's on them. <laughs> that's on them. And I, you know, and while we're on this topic, this is sort of a tangential topic, but it, it, it pertains for all my wedding pros out there who have had a couple divorce after the wedding. Oh yeah. Uh, they're, there's a school of thought out there where like you need to pull all of their photos off the internet and you can't, you know, take off their review. I don't agree with that unless there is something traumatic that happened or unless your your former client reaches out to ask you to remove them. Mm-hmm. It's an event. It happened. You produced it. You took those photos. You made their cake. Again, we are wedding pros and we talk about the wedding day. We make no guarantees for the marriage. Right. And I mean, and if you look at the statistics, which is crazy for the divorce rate, like, are you really going to start taking half of your blog posts down and half of your reviews down if they do end up in divorce? And oftentimes, I, I don't know that someone has divorced. I mean, I, I actually, to my knowledge, only one of my couples um, has divorced. And the only reason I knew about that is because we're Facebook friends. And I didn't even know about it until someone else posted congratulations on her new engagement. And I was like, wait, what? Oh. And so I clicked in and I was like, oh, that's not the groom I helped her marry. So then I, (laughs) the only thing I've done just because out of respect is that I don't post their photos on Instagram with captions like, you know, best bride and groom on their wedding day or like, look at how he looks at her. Like those I stopped. I'll post details or or something, but I don't post photos of them anymore. And that's just my own personal you know, ethics. She hasn't said anything. She doesn't even live in LA anymore, but she seems very happy now. And, uh, and maybe, you know, in a way she wasn't happy before. I don't know the ins and outs, but yeah, there's definitely like a school of thought where it's like, you have to burn down the house when they divorce. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't agree. And I'd love to hear what other people think about that. I'd love to hear actually in our Facebook group, what people think about this topic, because I know it's a little bit of a hot button. Do you keep your couple's photos up after they divorce? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I feel like you definitely have a right to plan you you share that event that you planned or those photos that you took. I feel like it's the nice thing to do if if one of them says, can you take all of our stuff down off the internet? Oh, sure. But I feel like you you're not you don't have to if you don't think that it you should like what if it's your, your most favorite wedding that you've ever done. And someone yeah. asks you to take it down. Like there would probably be a little bit of conflict there. So yeah, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on that. Same. And once again, go back to your contract. In my contract, there's a photo release. They signed it. Uh, I mean, if we're going to get down to brass tacks, they signed a photo release. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I, I don't ever want to hold that up in someone's face and, you know, be like, haha, you divorced, but you signed this photo release. But yeah, you're right. What if it's what if it's your most popular wedding? What if it's the favorite, your best work you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Tricky. Yeah. Tricky subjects. So yeah, come to our Facebook group, uh, search Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders to talk about your thoughts on canceled weddings and divorced clients. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And with that, we will again wish you happy Valentine's Day. Or happy anti-Valentine's Day. <laughs> Whatever you prefer. We hope Whatever you, you're into. We hope you have a great day regardless of how you celebrate it. And we will see you guys on the next episode. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events. Wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.